Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. I am Tracy Hotchner, your dog's best friend and your kitty cat's best friend. Wishing a happy weekend to listeners on Peconic Public Broadcasting in the Hamptons, on Robin Hood Radio in Connecticut and the Berkshires, and to podcast listeners everywhere. Please listen to all my new live call-in pet radio shows on the Radio Pet Lady Network, co-hosted by top pet experts at RadioPetLady.com. Dog Talk is a production of Eight Paws LLC, which is solely responsible for its content, and is brought to you with the generous support of Platinum Performance Supplements, Waruva Pet Foods, Precious Cat Litter, Nordic Naturals Omega-3 Fish Oils, and the Animal Specialty Center, which is just north of New York City in Westchester County, and is a comprehensive veterinary facility offering board-certified specialists in oncology, cardiology, dermatology, neurology, surgery, internal medicine, and dentistry. The Animal Specialty Center helps people and their own vet diagnose and treat medical conditions with access to innovative diagnostic tools and state-of-the-art equipment that gives families the option of using the latest ways to diagnose and treat their pet's medical challenges. We have such a fun show. I am about to announce the most hilarious, fun contest ever. My pals at Waruva, David and Stacey Foreman, we're going to launch Kitties on the Catwalk. All of you who've been dressing up your cat secretly, wigs, outfits, shoes, handbags, hats, this is going to be the contest for you. Come out of the closet with your dressed-up kitties. Then we have Susanna Charlson with the Possibility Dogs. She was on the show once before as a search-and-rescue dog handler. Now she's going to talk about getting dogs out of shelters and training them to be psychiatric service dogs, which turns out she needed it, too. She had PTSD from her search-and-rescue work. Very interesting. And then Shawnee from Nordic Natural is going to call in and remind you to vote for the finalists in the Rescue Me Pet Photo Contest and 5000 bucks, up to 5000 bucks. Nordic is going to be giving to PAWS for veterans, which are psychiatric service dogs for our veterans. So it's going to be a really thematic, marvelous show, and I want to jump right in with my pal Stacy. Stacy, is it true that you have ever dressed up your own personal cats? Hi, Tracy. How are you? Hi, um, honey. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. And I... I I'm ashamed to say I have. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't need to be ashamed. The whole point of this contest is that people have secretly been doing really fun stuff with their cats, and sort of there was no one to tell. And sort of people that ever had a cat that wanted to be dressed up or would accept, like, I don't know, a tiara or what have you, those cats deserve the chance to get on the catwalk and be kitties on the catwalk. And I think it's so cool that Waruba wants to salute that. Absolutely. It's fantastic. And, and I will say that they were pretty tolerant of it. Well, <laughs> the funny so thing. Than the dog at the time. It, it, and it all depends on the individual, right? But, I mean, the idea yeah. for this. I mean, I know how great great Waruba. There I go again, sounding like Barbara Walters. Waruba, I could kill you guys for Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa's food. Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, Waruba. I still, after all these years, do seem to stumble on it, but I guess that's part of the charm. It's unforgettable Absolutely. once you remember it. Right. You guys have been so great in supporting. You know, we had the Biggest Kitty Loser contest on Cat Chat on Sirius years ago, and I yeah. don't know, about 40 cats lost about half their body weight. They were that fat, and that was a pretty cool contest. Then we had... Um, the Senior Kitty Contest, celebrating the oldest cat, and one was like 24 or something. So this one is just purely for fun. Nobody has to lose weight or prove that they've lived the longest of any other cat. I'll tell you where the idea came from, Stacey. Exactly. It was really amazing. 
I have this show called Cat Crazy, which you're going to spend some time on because I'll get you away from those little children of yours eventually. Eight o'clock. I know that eight o'clock on a on a Monday yes, night I'm, is a I'm little harsh. Right now, you're I know you're hiding I'm now, hiding. but at eight at eight o'clock on a Monday night, you can't really hide. They all need you know right. the bedtime story. But there's a a vet who was co-hosting with me a few times, a vet behaviorist from Illinois. Very serious-looking woman, you know. She wears glasses. She's a DVM and a behaviorist, and she'd come on Cat Crazy a couple times to be a co-host. And mentions in passing that the the, uh, clinic cat ranger seems to be in a much better mood when he's wearing an outfit. I'm like, excuse me? Well, they have these outfits for him, and he's like really crabby with another cat in in the clinic. But when wearing a costume of whatever kind, and they even use onesies from children and cut off the back, you know, like the snappy parts for under the crotch, and, yeah. and use like the tiniest onesie. But then they, I don't know, there's some creative people. I have people done in, that, inter- by the way. Oh, my God. See? I, have used I the bet onesie. you there's more people like you. Kitties <laughs> on the catwalk. Exactly. It, I mean, don't you feel good when you're all dressed up? I mean, yes. They must, feel, they must feel the same. They feel pretty. They feel handsome. They feel special, and, you know, I would never have thought this of cats, but it turns out that fully half the cats that people will admit it to, having tried this, really dig it. So there's this woman, and and you guys will see it on my Facebook page, on the Kitties on the Catwalk Waruva contest. There's a gal who has a, a blog, and she has those naked cats, Sphinx cats and Cornish Rex, or maybe just Cornish Rex. They're bald, okay? and. She's got wigs on them. She's made them wigs, my favorite color, hot pink. And the ah, cats love it. And she takes them out in one of those kitty strollers, all dressed up, and people are yes. overjoyed. There's just something about the idea of a cat wearing I a costume. I have one of those as well. No way. You don't yes, really. You have a cat stroller? We do. When we were living in Manhattan, we used to take the cats out and, and oh stroll God. them around. They you know, wanted to get out, too. <laughs> Yes, we we, <laughs> we are those crazy people. You, you are those crazy that people <laughs> that I talk about and that I celebrate because, you know, one of the and frustrations. Yes, and everyone else loves it. See, that's the thing. One of the frustrations of being a cat owner is it all happens behind closed doors. I mean, nobody knows exactly. what you're doing, and it's like you want to share it with somebody else. Now, there was a cat called Lil Bubba, and if you guys remember hearing the, the interview with the director of that documentary, Lil Bubba was just a little strange-looking kitty that the owner had done some videos of. Oh, I must get him to join your contest for sure because he's got this huge social media following. Well, Lil Bubba is a cat video Internet sensation, and apparently there's this whole world on the Internet of people sharing videos of their cats doing strange things, funny things, ordinary things, and dressing up. So it seems to me there should be a place where people can just celebrate that. Now, of course, if you guys have a cat who you go to put a onesie on the cat and it goes, ew, and, you know, freaks out or is at least but unhappy, forget it. Don't worry. You probably have another cat because most people have more than one cat. So one of your cats will love it. Now, Stacey, did either of your cats rebel? No. um, Actually, they they just sort of, you know, took – the abuse, so to speak. <laughs> it's not <laughs> abuse. Yes. They, no, they, they were fine. They were absolutely fine. And did you ever try a hat? Uh, I will say that we, uh, yes, actually, um, <laughs> for Halloween, I, I put that. a little, I put a little pirate hat on. 
Rudy. Oh, God. Rudy's one of the more, more tolerant ones. And he's been he's been in a couple hats. I think we had a yarmulke on him once. Oh, no, um, a stop. A pirate hat. No, I not a, a yarmulke. Oh, my God. Olympic was it like Olympic jacket? I must find that for no. you. No. You have to find these pictures. I will. We should, <laughs> we should do it on the Waruva Facebook page and the Radio Pet Lady Network page. And everyone yes, listening to Dog Talk and Kitties, too, you have to enter. Look, we don't even know what the prize is yet. It'll be something great because there'll be a first, second, and third prize, and we'll come up with something awesome. Believe me, it'll be Waruva food or some cats in the kitchen, which is heaven. I mean, I once opened that duck one because I was doing a presentation somewhere, and you'd given me these samples to give out, and I was like, where's the microwave? I want to try this. It was so <laughs> yummy smelling. We'll yes. find something great for everyone, but the real fun is to join, you know, to join the Kitties on the Catwalk contest. And it's really just a celebration of the fact that our cats would actually like to do more stuff with us, Stace. I mean, that's the truth. Absolutely. I know what we'll do. We'll and also give a neck of, yes. To dress your dog yeah, up, why not your cat? That's right. Why not Absolutely. your cat? And maybe get a stroller. Maybe we'll give a Necco Flies toy, wand toy. There's new critters that go on the end. Maybe we'll give some of those as well. Because it's really what we're celebrating is, you know, interaction with your cat. Your cat doesn't really know that it's a yarmulke versus a pirate hat, but I'm sure that everyone's delight in seeing a cat wearing a yarmulke, to those of you who aren't Jewish, it's like this little beanie that you wear in temple on the holidays, right? Whole, high holidays. I have, actually, I have Webster and Rudy wearing them. I will have to dig them up. Was it someone's bar mitzvah or what? You know, it was after, um, it was a wedding. Um, and I remember we came home and they, my husband had them in his pocket and we said, you know what, why not put them on? <laughs> One of those things. <laughs> One of those things that we just want One people to do more of. To them. Yeah, right. and, and I think it's something that we really need to celebrate. Sometimes I think that dressing up dogs is not all that necessary because they get to do so many other things. But for, for us with our cats, we... You know, there are cats doing agility, but not many and not well and not really consistently through an entire course. But I just think this is a chance for people's inner hilarity to, to blossom. Because if you have any kind of craftiness about you, you can hot glue and paint and on these things, right? I mean, you can put feathers Absolutely. on the pirate hat. You can paint all kinds of messages on your onesie. I, I'm just like the least clever person in the world rhinestones feathers i don't know go for it and so when she has them wearing these wigs it's quite amazing so how did your cats just as long as we're talking about webster rudy and vanessa but we're really only talking about webster and rudy right right vanessa isn't so keen on dressing up and you think she would you know want the that girl i mean she is the little princess here so Although we have but, Monty now, too. I haven't tried it on Monty yet. Monty. Is Monty a little dog that took over from Baron? You don't have another cat, do you? We have another cat. Um, Monty oh is my God. the... Uh, to make a long story short, I did a No, TNR. no, make it long. Make it long. I want well, to hear the I, whole story. <laughs> Your stories are always good. I did a little TNR mission in my neighborhood. Um, we rescued 13 cats, and you know, vetted all of them so they are now spayed and neutered. And instead of re-releasing them, I met this wonderful woman who has a sanctuary, um, and they now live at this sanctuary, um, wow. indoor-outdoor. And wow. not lucky number 13, we ended up keeping because no she was kidding. very, very, very sweet. 
um, and she's actually fit right into the household. Little female to female, um, you know, craziness going on. Little pissiness between them. A little pissiness, as we like to say. Right, right. But it's getting much better. And I don't know if you can hear Rudy meowing. I can hear Rudy totally. Yes, I hope everyone else can hear Rudy too. Get up and feed me. I want my Ruva. That's what he's saying (laughs) to me right now. He's hungry. Um, But so we ended up with this fourth cat and. You know, like we always say, what's another mouth to feed? (laughs) So we said, you know, if we didn't own a pet food company, it would maybe border (laughs) crazy, you know. But because we do, we have sort of that free pass. Well, okay, you have you have you have free food, which, by the way, of course, ironically, it's like when someone wants a copy of the dog Bible for me, Bible for me, it's not free. I have to actually buy it from the publisher, and your food isn't free. You actually have to pay to make it, but it's certainly freer than for anyone else who has to buy it. But of course, really, with pets, it's not the cost of the food; it's the attention and making sure they all get along. And and now it's going to be making making all these outfits. You're going to have your hands full. Oh, absolutely. Well, for me, it actually is somewhat easy because I do have the three two-legged children that I can, I sort of, they're, they're, they get their hand-me-down. So I do use their clothes oh. like the onesies and I, you know, make a little tie on the side for the girls and, you know, I do little <laughs> things with the, with the onesies and the different shorts and things that I have um, that I put on the, on the pet. So, so it was good to have three children who were very small at one point and all grew, as children tend yeah, to do. Yeah, so I still have fun with their, their clothes. Once they don't fit them anymore, I sort of have fun with them on the pets. Well, <laughs> I'm thinking that, you know, if you had any any of the kids' toys or anybody who has a kid's toy that maybe has a teddy bear that has a hat or a little vest. I mean, there's some stuffed animals I have to – I've never really admitted this, but my husband, Edward, loves stuffed animals the stuffies are often kept in parts of the house where I don't have to look at them all the time, but it's an extensive collection, and I tried to migrate some of them into the dog's toy basket when we first met, um, and that didn't go over real well. Like, he was almost crying when the sock monkey was turned into a dog monkey, but right. a lot of them seem to have, like, accoutrement that would be great on a small cat. They have sweaters. They have hats. Sweaters, they, have, they have, yeah. Absolutely. We have one of those, and we've done that. <laughs> one teddy bear that came with shorts and a shirt, and and he's now naked, and your cats were dressed. Yes, he is naked now, and <laughs> that outfit was passed around. Um, but there are lots it. of creative things that you can do. And well, I mean, I think this you know, should any, inspire people to do it, right? Absolutely. And the cats, you know, it's a very big misconception that they're loners and independent. They love the That's attention. Right. They feel yep. special. They they absolutely love it. And they like when people, like, you know, it brings such joy and hilarity to the people watching. The cats don't think they're being laughed at. They think they're sort of being applauded, at least when I've seen this. You know, they, they sort of really get off on the hoots of laughter and the cheers and the, oh, my God, and taking pictures. It's funny. I didn't even know it that much until I did see that documentary, Little Bubba. I think it's called Little Bubba, Little Bubba, Little Bub and Friends. That That's what it's called. Oh yeah, my God! It's a crazy world. Who doesn't want to have a little, 
laugh and comedy in their lives. Exactly. Just for a couple minutes a day. <laughs> That's right. That's all it takes. And and now that it can be a contest and you can actually be in amongst your peers. That's that's what we want to be. I mean, kitties on the catwalk need to be with other supermodels, other super pussycat models. Well, Stacey, it is so cool that we're doing this. You're going to have to dig out your own old photos, but I think this will be an inspiration for you. You, you obviously can enter, but kind of in the emeritus category. You can't really be judged. But I think you can set a high bar. You know, you can inspire other people. So my but biggest I can, suggestion. I can put it out there and say, yes, I'm, I'm one of those parents, too. That's right. So. You are one of those parents, too, and that inspires the other pet parents. And I think it's really cool. to You know, people, it's so funny. People start pet businesses, pet food, pet anything. And always I've sent these press releases saying the reason they started this business is because they love pets so much or their own pet wasn't well, and now they're well eating this better food. And you know what? I don't really believe it. I mean, they have a dog or they have a cat, but you and David Foreman are like in your own category. You are really charmingly nutty. You have done all the crazy, (laughs) over-the-top, 110% from, forget that it's just dressing your cats. Every single stray you pass, I don't care how full your house is, you are saving it. You are rescuing it. You are moving ancient dogs on death's row from something in New Jersey where you find someone to get the dog, and then you're going to find yeah. it at home. But then, oh, well, never mind. You'll keep it because he's deaf, blind, and dumb. I tell you, you are totally amazing. I, and I welcome the chaos. I love it. I know you do. I know you do. And it really does inspire people to realize there's always room for another pet in your life. And if you don't think so, just have a look at the foreman's. Kitties on the catwalk. Everyone has to send in their photos to, does everyone know how to just go to my Facebook page? I seriously do not know how. Do I just tell them to go to RadioPetLady.com and there'll be a notice there? I don't know. Anyway, you guys will figure it out better than me. It'll be very obvious how to get into Kitties on the Catwalk. And on the Waruva Facebook page, it will direct you to the contest. But take your photos, make your hats and wigs, get into some tutus. We want really great outfits. And, of course, for the guys, too. Like, I don't know, we could, you know, have a... Have a cat dressed up like the Lone Ranger. That's a movie that's this summer, right? Stacy, thank you so much. I'm going to let you go thank back you. to your and marvelous I will post that by chaos. Tonight on my on our Facebook page, on fantastic. Page, I will post a link for the contest on on our page, so everybody perfect. can join. Perfect, perfect. Thank you thank so you much for having me. Have, it was a pleasure as always. Have a great day. I am day. going Take to feed my hungry Rudy right now. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, tell him to quit that meowing. Take care. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Tracy. Bye-bye. It's a pleasure. We're going to go to a quick break. When we get back, as promised, Susanna Charleston is back with the Possibility Dogs, and it's really interesting what possibilities are out there. We will be right back. Support for Dog Talk comes from Waruva, a family-owned company that makes their foods in a human food facility because they believe pets deserve to eat as well as their people do. All the flavors of Waruva, Cats in the Kitchen, and their more economical BFF, Best Feline Friend brands, are made to appeal to finicky little dogs and choosy cats, especially those you're trying to transition away from dry foods. And the show is also supported by Platinum Performance Canine Wellness Formula, a comprehensive nutritional supplement for dogs that provides a special blend of more than 55 nutrients to improve a dog's overall health at a cellular level. And there are platinum performance supplements for people, cats, and horses, too. I am back with Susanna Charlson, who herself is back on Dog Talk, having been here with the wonderful New York Times bestseller, Scent of the Missing. Susanna, welcome back to Dog Talk and Kitties, too. 
Thank you so much. It's so interesting to discover this whole other side of your life. I mean, I guess it's pretty interesting for you, too. But in reading (laughs) Scent of the Missing, yes, it's quite the journey. In reading Scent of the Missing, and anybody who remembers hearing Susanna on the show, she did this, does this, amazing search and rescue work, which is 100% volunteer, has to rappel down the side of cliffs with the dog rappelling with her and going into and over and around obstacles and broken buildings and lost things in the woods. And it was really an incredible passion and and avocation of yours because being volunteer, you certainly, it's not a business, but it's certainly just as serious as a business. And then you slid into this world of psychiatric service dogs because you, as I understand it from the book, began to suffer from some PTSD yourself from search and rescue work, or you think that was the stress, right? Yes, I, I'm pretty sure of it. Um, and as were the uh, the counselors that that I spoke with at the time. Um, yes, in 2003, uh, and and actually in the period of time that I was was uh, working the searches that would become part of Scent of the Missing. Um, something I didn't write about in that book because I was still coming to terms with it was um, a search where. A young deputy and I encountered what I believe now um, was the remnants of a dog fighting ring, and nothing to do with the search that we were on, but we were deep in the woods and we stumbled upon um, a scene of just great horror where I think as many as 35, 40 dogs um, had been abandoned, and they were all shapes and sizes. And and now talking with, with people who have seen such things, uh, we believe they may have been abandoned bait dogs. Uh, but they were all dead, and some of them uh, cruelly so. And um, at the time... Let me, let we, me explain what, what bait dogs are, um, that in... Those maybe people know this, but I'm not sure that dog fighting rings that in order to make their the fighting dogs more ferocious and more successful, they use dogs and supposedly some of our own pets that might be stolen or kidnapped to to use them as bait, something that won't fight back. Isn't that right, Susanna? So they they're really victims. That is correct. That is correct. And. Um you know, at the time, we tried to make sense of what we'd seen, and part of us thought, you know, was this some sort of strange rescue operation right. or a, right. a hoarding kennel or yes. what? But, um, but ultimately, uh, people that I that I spoke with in the area who had seen had seen dogfighting organizational facilities were, were unanimous in their saying, no, what you saw was this. And so uh, the effect on us, um, on the young deputy and on me, was, was pretty immediate, and it was obviously horrifying, and, and we reported it as we, we should have done. But um, we had to go back out and, and keep searching for the, the human tragedy that we were you know, yes. searching at the time. And so I pretty much tried to make peace with it, and I, I sort of buried it, and I, I prayed about it and, and, you know, tried to move on because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then subsequently, uh, the following year, I started struggling to leave my own house with my dogs inside it. Um, I became but Susanna, very didn't you, 
Let me just interrupt. Didn't you also see this very pathetic pit bull bitch that was on a chain sort of starving and sent giving her, you were trying to give her food and there was a sign up, don't give any food. Wasn't that part of the same event? It was, actually. And, and you um, had a lot of guilt about that dog because you knew you were leaving her to a terrible end. I wonder right, if that wasn't to, also part of it. To a degree, I think she um, she was, you know, sort of a living representation of yes. the of cruelty we had seen really the day before. Uh, and yes. I, I, we ended up leaving the search a day later. And, yes, and I had to leave her behind. Uh, again, she was reported, but she was privately owned, and, and we got the sense that not much was going to be done for her. Um, and, yes, yeah, so all of this bound up, and and within, you know, nine months, ten months, I started becoming very concerned that if I left my house, something would happen to my dogs. And so I, I struggled to to leave the house and trust that my door was locked. And so I would lock it. And walk away and then go back and check it again and walk away and go back and check it again and walk away. And that's that's a compulsive loop behavior. And I knew enough about anxiety disorders and enough about PTSD and, and specifically because my search team had trained us to recognize certain kinds of symptoms. Oh, right, right. Um, and so, you know, bless them because they prepared me for this. And when I saw this was going on, uh, I, I tried to overcome it on my own and then I eventually sought counseling. But what was was amazing about it was at the time that it was at its most ferocious, I was actually training the search dog that would become the subject of Santa the Missing, um, training her as a puppy. And she was so willful and so high drive that she had very little patience for this lock the door, step back and check it, lock the door, step back and check it when I was trying to take her out on walks. I mean, right. She would just look at me like, you know, come on, it is time to go. And so I noticed that in the process of focusing on her in a very goal-directed fashion and training her forward to something that could do other people some good, I began to be led out of my own compulsive behaviors and so that really provoked me also to begin looking around and, and doing some research and finding out that, lo and behold, there were dogs already in training and in service to people for whom such disorders have been um, a struggle for yes. perhaps their entire lives. And that's really what provoked this, this examination and this study and this side journey, really. Um, it, it, it was directly related to search and rescue, and it still is, because so often when we search, the people that we are searching for are disappeared because of some sort of psychological duress. You know, they're depressed, they're anxious, they're frightened. Uh, some of our Alzheimer's patients have a, a, flee, a flight impulse, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they have a, an urge to flee their homes. And so I was interested in dogs that serve both sides of that condition. Obviously, the search dogs that make the finds, but also the dogs that can be trained to assist conditions so that some of these disappearances never happen in the first place. And also so that people like you, who are either on the borderline of having a psychological deficit, can be helped back to normalcy or whatever the proper word is. I don't know what it is. Or even people who you say have lived their whole life obsessively washing their hands or doing any of an OCD or or have anxiety attacks, panic attacks about leaving home. 
Um, you know, the the person who's going to come on at the end of the show is from Nordic Naturals, and there's this Rescue Me photo contest. You upload a picture of your rescued pet, but every vote that you make for the ones that are finalists is going to be a dollar towards Paws for Veterans. Now, it's one of many volunteer organizations, it turns out, that are taking, in this case, dogs out of shelters, like is what you learned about, and, right. and matching them with veterans, all of whom are suffering from PTSD in various ways. Whatever they are, they have to do with being in the supermarket, somebody drops a can of peas, they hit the deck convinced it's a bomb. They right. can't leave their house, they can't talk to other people, they wake up in the middle of the night sweating and nightmares and what have you. So it's just sort of interesting and wonderfully synchronistically. It's a synchronicity that I really think is kind of wonderful that your book, The Possibility Dogs, explains how the whole process works because it's a little hard for the rest of us to understand. You take a dog out of the shelter or these Pomeranians that you write about, and how do you get them to specifically do something for the person in the moment that the person, in one case you write about, is clearing their throat? And the clearing their throat is a precursor to a more dramatic psychological event. And explain a little how, you, how that is done, because it seems awfully simple. And, and there's all those pets in the, in the shelters who could be employed this way and feel really needed not just as companions, but as essential companions. Right. Well, I think, I think what's hugely important is there are, there are hundreds of, of, you know, beautiful, sweet animals out there. But to truly serve a disabled partner, those dogs with that level of focus and that level of, of 24-7 commitment are fairly rare. So what it means is that when you go into a shelter or a rescue situation, you are looking for dogs that are not only human-centric and sweet and friendly, but dogs who love to learn, who love to learn a task and enjoy engagement with a human over almost every other doggy thing they would enjoy. Uh, A service dog is really Born. They've got a lot of drive, a lot of focus, and, and a, a love of work that will allow them to, to be steadfast and to do the job they need to do, often a life-saving job, um, you know, in the face of other distractions. And so uh, one of the things that I noticed from our, my own work with rescues is that, that there are a lot of sweet dogs that make great emotional support animals where they don't have to have that specific task intersection intercession I'm sorry right or right. they make great comfort uh, therapy dog animals that go into the community after crisis um, but the service dog let's say you find a, a wonderful engaged hundred percent mutt mixed dog who who gives that eye contact loves learning new things and really just prefers and enjoys human interaction then what you do when you've got um, a client who is who has got a certain kind of disorder, let's say we'll take yours, the obsessively washing hands, the one you just described. Right. What you do is you teach the dog that when the dog sees that event, the dog allows maybe one or two passes of that event, and then the dog is taught to make some kind of move, either an alert or a redirection, or both, that tells the handler, you are doing this thing I see. 
And obviously, you don't want to teach right. a dog never wash right. your hands. <laughs> you know, right. I'm going to interfere. Right. You have to. You right. Have to, you know, if they see it a third time, like twice in a row, I they'll see. allow a third wow. time. Then and and it really is. A, you know, it's a matter of chaining. It's a matter of. You know, when you see me washing my hands, come near me. When you see me washing my hands on the third time, do X, and you reward when they do X. And then you just keep retraining that and retraining that and shaping it where it's a very precise alert, and it's an alert that the handler can recognize because that's huge. What what might alert that's me right. might not alert somebody that's else. That's right. And, and also, I suppose, please, the reaction, please. the response of the dog is something when you talk about shaping a dog's behavior. You don't demand that the dog paw with his paw or nudge with his nose. It's whatever comes naturally to that individual dog. You shape that behavior, but it has to be one that fits that human too, right? Exactly. So what you ideally do is you find what works profoundly for them both. And so it's very methodical intuitive, um, considered training. It's not one-size-fits-all work by any means. And, and you know, for some dogs, for instance, a, a bark alert may be the, the very thing that comes to mind for them. I mean, the dog is maybe a, a very verbal dog, and, and to bark right. is the first inclination. But the bark may actually be anxiety-producing for the handler. Right. And so it wouldn't work. You, you know, you need to teach the dog something that works for them both and something the, the dog repeats and can repeat successfully and that will alert the the handler without necessarily causing them further um, anxiety, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, but it shows the unbelievable one-on-one creative, imaginative, specific efforts of these trainers, of these yes. people who are volunteering yes. their time. And, and then you might find that dog, as you did Jake Piper the, the, or, or others that, that you see in the shelter, and they make eye contact and they want to connect with you. And that's really important because, as you describe in the book, these psychiatric service dogs have to be totally focused on you above everything else just be constantly aware of you which you also explain is why when they're wearing a service vest and it says on the job do not pet me or disturb me and the dog seems to be asleep at the human's feet that dog has one ear cocked for the job that the dog is doing that may not as you talk about it it's invisible sometimes to the outside world right because what's going on internally for the human emotionally is totally sensed by this dog and invisible to the rest of us. Right. It often can be. And, and the dog is, I think it's important to know that the dog is bring, bringing a whole sensory perception to bear. A lot of psych service dogs will actually be trained to rest partially on their partner's foot. And so they're oh. sensing movement. Um, obviously, they may hear an escalated breathing, and of course, we cannot we cannot forget that they can smell, and that anxiety disorders do produce a yes. chemical change in us, and we yes. know that some of those chemical changes are observable and 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 recognizable to a dog. Um, of it, there's a uh, an anxiety producing chemical that that actually produces cortisol cortisone and and we know dogs can smell that and so even were they not able to hear or see us or feel us they could probably identify the anxious person in a room by who mm-hmm. was producing cortisol 
and which just goes to show you why th- this sensitivity of dogs and cats to that extent, that matter, that their sensitivity to what's going on with us emotionally is, sometimes people think, am I just imagining it? Well, not Bye. only are you not just imagining it, but here's Susanna and this book, The Possibility Dogs, to explain to you exactly why they're aware of it. It's on multiple levels. And then the idea of how to, to form that into something that's a, a partnership that makes that person with the psychological issue be more comfortable in their own skin, be able to be in society at a job or in social situations comfortably is just, I don't know, it's, it, it filled me with this kind of feeling of rhapsody of, wow, that's the ultimate human-animal bond. It makes the rest <laughs> of us look like small potatoes with our just the dogs we love and live with. Have you still got a service vest on on the dog for yourself? Well, on Jake Piper, yes. And, and the book, at the end of the book, what ultimately we would know after the book's manuscript went in. But, um, yes, Jake is now serving for me as a mobility partner. I... Uh, I got a bad infection in the search field that ended up hospitalizing me, and while I was there, a very bad blood pressure drop caused me to have what's called a watershed stroke. And so I have a right side weakness, and uh, on on some days it's so bad that it's very difficult to get up from a sitting position because I can't feel my foot. And uh, climbing stairs, I can't always feel that I've cleared the step and so yes, I fall yes. on stairs a lot. And Jake does all those things. He balances Isn't me getting Isn't that up. amazing? Yeah, and he is completely the serendipitous dog. You know, he... Um, wow. He's a he's a he's a lovely partner, but it's, a, um, it's a it's an incredible story, Susanna. And in in some ways, that would have been also a wonderful title, the serendipitous dog, because this <laughs> yes. really is a wonderful story. You've put so much of yourself into it, of your heart, and 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 exposed so much of your inner workings, and it really helps the rest of us appreciate and understand what these possibility dogs do for people, and um, you know, to know that that anything is in fact possible. We've run out of time, but I, I know people will really run to get this book. It's so great. Anyone suffering from any kind of a psychiatric issue, whatever it may be, even somewhat mild, I think that it would be great to consider the dog you have or a dog you might find to to involve them in your life in the way that Susanna has talked about in The Possibility Dog. Susanna, thanks again for another beautiful book. Thank you. Have and a stay great. well. Okay. Have a wonderful day. We'll be right back after this quick message. Support for Dog Talk comes from Precious Cat Litter, owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose litters are designed to appeal to kitties and protect their health. Cat Attract Litter has a blend of herbs which entice cats into the litter box and overcome out-of-litter box problems. Respiratory Relief Litter is low dust for pussycats with asthma, which makes it healthy for people and other pets in the family, too. Support for this show also comes from Nordic Naturals, whose Omega Pet products provide your dog or cat with the same premium quality omega-3 nutrition as their fish oils for people, because research shows that even the best diets are deficient in the essential fatty acids found in their oils. Nordic Naturals uses sustainably sourced wild fish from healthy stocks, with third-party testing to guarantee purity and freshness, surpassing the strict international standards for omega-3 fish oil quality. I am back with Shawnee Mora from Nordic Naturals. Shawnee, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much. 
It's a pleasure. One of the things I know that we have in common is donkey love. I mean, isn't that just the funniest thing in the world? I, your donkeys are just sort of your neighbors, aren't they? That's right. Stanley and Stella, they are very much... <laughs> <laughs> They are very much part of the community. It was funny, of, but Stanley and Stella's even better. I know. <laughs> They're neighborhood mascots, for sure. I love it. Well, the nice thing about mini donkeys is they don't take a lot of, not, not a lot of um, hyper vigilance like dogs and cats do, you know? You give them some hay, and if they don't eat it, they find something else to eat, like the barn wall or something. Exactly. Anyway, I, Twins, right? whatever. Yeah, and it, oh, they love, they're like termites or, or like mm-hmm. beavers. I mean, they go through wood, quite extraordinary. We have a couple of, of wonderful listeners to Dog Talk. Bambi has her great, her great donkey in South, in, in, uh, South, Sagaponic called, called Peso. He's a darling. He, he lives with a horse Aww. and a cat and a dog. So they're, and they're also Nordic Naturals users, which is nice. They love it. Um, I guess the horses don't really like fish oil. So here's the thing that I'm excited about is this rescue contest. Yeah. Or I should say this rescue pet photo contest. Um, yesterday, the 19th, was the day when people are supposed to start voting for the photos that people have uploaded of their rescue pets. And it's really important that people do it because for every single vote, and I guess you can vote a lot of times, mm-hmm. Nordic Naturals is giving a dollar and with a guaranteed $5,000, which is really nice, to pause for veterans, which is these psychiatric service dogs for veterans. How did you find that organization, Shawnee? There's so many wonderful organizations, but so many probably that you can't be sure how wonderful they are, right? It's true. It's true. A lot of love and attention goes into deciphering who we're going to uh, partner with throughout the year. And although there was quite a few lovely cause partners out there, we just felt that Pause for Veterans was absolutely perfect for this Rescue Pet Photo Contest. The part of it that, that is kind of amazing is that they go into shelters to find the right dog for the veteran after the veteran's application is received. So it's really one-on-one, you know, picking the dog that they know will physically and mentally and emotionally be the right fit for this veteran. I think that, as you say, is a lot of care and love goes into that too, right? Yeah, they definitely pair the dog with the active duty soldier or veteran based on uh, his or her needs, you know, and it's everything from uh, traumatic brain injury that they may have been going through to uh, physical disability. So they choose the perfect dog for them, which is really lovely. It's amazing. It's it's f- quite funny, but the or not funny, haha, but funny, interesting that the author that was on right before you, Susanna Charlson, this new book, The Possibility Dogs, she herself did search and rescue, and her dog was a search and rescue dog. In fact, she was very grateful because she got the great gift that all the the callers, I mean, all the guests on um, on Dog Talk get a really nice gift from Nordic Naturals for the people and for their pets. And she loved getting it for herself and her search and rescue dog puzzle. But then she began to have some some PTSD from her search and rescue work, and mm-hmm. the dog she already had began to help her with that. And then she was explaining at the end that she then developed a physical disability from an infection that she got while she was in the field doing search and rescue. And so this dog helps not only with the emotional part, but now with the physical part of of going up and down stairs. It's really amazing, Shawnee, what these dogs that were not like born and bred and raised for two years like a guide dog for the blind, just random dogs that maybe had some other job or no job at all 
And these volunteers, I mean, Crystal that came on for Pause for Veterans several weeks ago, I mean, a lot of the work they do is completely volunteer. I mean, all hours and hours and hours and hours. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's just lovely because, you know, who knows where these dogs may have ended up if it weren't for this program. They may have even been uh, euthanized. And because of Crystal and Paws for Veterans, they're, they have such a, a larger purpose than yep. even being someone's lap dog, and it's just amazing. Yeah, it really is incredible, and I guess a lot of us will look down at or up at our dog or cat in our house and think, you know, there's so much more that we could do together if I needed you to. And I, I don't know, I just it, it gives me a lot like another level of reverence for the pets. The other thing is that besides the five thousand guaranteed dollars that you're going to give to Pause for Veterans, so anyone that wants to vote, you go to Pause, you go to the Nordic Naturals Facebook page. Is that right? That's right. You go there and you like us first, and then, okay. uh, as you said, starting on the 19th through the end of this month, uh, you'll be able to vote for the finalists, and winners will be announced on the first one cat and one dog winner. And, of course, besides all the lovely prizes they can get, uh, that includes a cat Bible or a dog Bible. <laughs> Which is so cool. And a three-month supply of Nordic Naturals, Omega-3 pet products, and human products, and a canvas painting of their winning pet. I just think getting yeah. the dog Bible and the cat Bible is pretty cool. Whoever wins, make sure you tell me so that I can send them a, an autographed book plate to stick in the front of it. It's a really Thank cool you. contest on so many levels, Shawnee. I think it, it raised my awareness of what these service dogs are doing. I just didn't understand how many veterans, apparently the waiting list is enormous, and how many veterans both need these kinds of service animals and how many dogs there are who could easily do that job, you know. And, yeah. and that's the beauty of it is that all those pets that are just languishing or just animals, they aren't even someone's pet yet, they were maybe some at some point someone's pet, could do an incredible service. And so it's just wonderful that you've helped everyone realize there is this great volunteer organization, and there, and there probably are many others. So whoever's in a community that has one of these organizations trying to hook up people with a need for psychiatric service dogs, particularly veterans, with dogs, it's wonderful that Nordic kind of brought, shed the light on this wonderful subculture. I'm, I'm very proud and excited to be part of it, right? Well, thank you. Yeah, so are we, and hopefully this will bring a larger awareness to their cause and other causes like this, as you had mentioned. I think the awareness is as, as important as the, the donation. Well, I mean, it's easy for me to say it's not my $5,000. Very nice of Nordic Naturals. But I do think the awareness, it, it, only, it not only makes people realize they can make a donation, and it's really going to go for an incredible uh, outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And, when these service uh, dogs are out in the community. Right, right. Yeah, and, you know, we're excited, too, because not only will we uh, donate based on the votes, but we're also going to provide the program uh, five, in specifically five dogs and five veterans with a year's supply of uh, product, either our number one selling ultimate omega for the humans or uh, our omega-3 pet for the dog. So we're excited wow. to see how they are on it. Yeah. Well, what's really neat about that, I mean, you know, which isn't the point of, obviously, dog talk, but I do take all kinds of Nordic natural supplements, as does my husband. 
just varying different ones, all of which have, you know, great health benefits. But I know that a lot of it, and even for pregnant women, a lot of the, the value of omega-3 fatty acids for the brain has been proven scientifically. So for those that have traumatic brain injury, I can't imagine that it wouldn't be helpful in recovering to the best of their body's ability. So that's really cool. That's wonderful. Well, Shawnee, I want you to say hi to Stella and Stanley for me, and I'll say hi to Mona and Lisa for you, and we'll keep up the donkey love. Mona and Lisa, those are great names, too. I, didn't I know, know, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, those are my mini donkeys. They're, they're a mother and daughter. They didn't really come with those names, but they had to be rechristened. I mean, how could you not take advantage of that opportunity, right? I had to. You could not. You could not not. So have a wonderful rest of the day. And everybody out there, go to the Nordic Naturals Facebook page and vote. First of all, they're charming and lovely photos and wonderful pets that people have rescued. And for such a good cause. Thanks a million, Shawnee. Thanks. Thanks and say hi to everybody at Nordic Naturals for all of us. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. So I'm working on a little personal contest of my own over on a couple of my shows on the Radio Pet Lady Network. And I hope that you've had a chance to start to listen to them. If you can't listen to them live, four of the shows, well, actually, seven of the shows are live at 7 and at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, which is 4 and 5 p.m. Western Time, Monday through Thursday. And on Tuesday nights, we replay this show, Dog Talk, um, at 7 p.m so that whoever might have missed it uh, in real time or elsewhere can can hear it that way because we have these apps where you can listen to the network, the Radio Pet Lady Network, on any mobile device you might have. But my little contest experiment has to do with one of my dogs, Teddy, the younger Weimaraner that I've spoken of various times, but not that often really because he's like Mr. Perfect, no problems, charming, cheerful, wonderful. You may have remembered me talking about him Oh, I I think now it must be six years ago when the official trainer of the show, Allison Denley, found him at a client's house where he was languishing in a crate. He was seven months old, and the woman was um, had, had severe emotional problems and was blacked out a lot of the time, and the dog was locked in a crate, rarely walked, uh, just in a state of complete depression, had destroyed a lot of furniture apparently, wasn't crate trained, wasn't leash trained, just had been bought at a puppy mill pet store or a pet store where all puppies come from puppy mills and had had this languishing life and he immediately took to a great life in no time he housebroke himself in much less than 24 hours and he's been a wonderful guy just problem free kind of gets an upset tummy if you feed him apples that's the only thing I ever ever my only complaint about him if you will and he started to gain this kind of scary amount of weight and develop an insane appetite. He was a guy that used to have to coax and beg to eat. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because I sometimes find I need to learn from my own advice, and sometimes I get it quickly, probably not as quickly as some of you, and other times I'm like retarded and backwards about it, and it, it doesn't sort of sink in. Well, he went from being a slender kind of fellow, very athletic, extremely muscular and fit, to gaining some weight and it didn't look all that bad so he went from a little more than 100 pounds which may sound a lot for a Weimaraner but he and his non-biological brother Scooby-Doo both of them Weimaraners that were thrown away well in this case just languishing at home and in Scooby-Doo's case he came from Southampton Shelter the owner relinquishment it's called people at six months decided oh they didn't really want such a big troublesome dog 
Uh, they're both ridiculously tall, absurdly tall. So that 100 pounds, which is higher in weight than what the breed standard would say, they're also many inches higher than what the breed standard would say. So about 100 pounds would have been the correct weight for him and, and was from the time he was, he was two years old. And he started to get hungrier and hungrier and gain weight. And I have embarked on this weight loss program with the expert vet, who is one of my shows that I, those of you who've already listened know how great Donna Spector is. She's come on Dog Talk various times to discuss different topics as a second opinion vet. She's a board-certified internist in Chicago and just smart as a whip. And so I wanted to, I, I have always said, and you know I've always said this on the air, that I didn't like prescription weight loss foods in a bag because the ingredients in my experience, had always been pretty mediocre. And then on my other show on Radio Pet Lady Network, on Pet Food Advisors, where Dr. Sean Delaney, who's a wonderful veterinary nutritionist, and if you ever wanted to really understand more about nutrition in general, but dog food ideas behind the ingredients, why they're there, how they're used, how it's made, he's just a marvel. He taught for 10 years at UC Davis, and I'm sure he got everyone's vote as the best professor he, was, he and Dr. Donna both were explaining that there are some prescription diets that would keep a dog from being too hungry while actively losing weight. So Dr. Donna had recommended a particular formulation of the Royal Canin Food, which is a French-based company. And the ingredients looked really good to me. So we're embarking on this. But, but what's interesting, and I'll keep you apprised as the weeks go by, is that there may be some underlying medical issue as well. Because Teddy, who never had an appetite, now is insatiable to the point of stealing hamburger buns off of a barbecue, which he'd never touched any human food ever. Very polite. And even went after Scooby-Doo when Teddy wound up between the breakfast I had just put down for Scooby and Scooby himself. Also completely uncharacteristic. He sort of worships the ground Scooby walks on, the total I love my older brother, and he attacked him because he didn't want Scooby to get to his own food. So this voracious appetite and a weight gain that went from 104 to 109 to 112 up to now 119.4 pounds, and he's still so hungry, you have to be careful if you give him even a small piece of chicken you have to sort of protect your fingers. So I'm going in a, I, with Dr. Donna's help, and this is what I think is what I'm recommending to people whose dogs are even just 10 pounds overweight, which I thought Teddy was, he's now 20 pounds overweight, at least. What you need to do is have a doctor who is skilled at this figure out what, is, what are the calories your dog is now taking in and what calories does the dog need to take in in order to burn up weight. Cal, they actually calculate this based on what you're feeding now and what would be the, the amount of, of calories you'd need to feed in order to lose weight but still feel, have the dog feel comfortable and satisfied and full. And that's what the experiment is. Simultaneously, I'm going to now, because I have my doubts, maybe there's something else going on. I mean, you don't just change your whole attitude to food overnight in a few weeks. It's only happening over, let's say, the course of a couple of months without there usually being some underlying medical reason. So I'm going to deal with the, with the weight gain because that has to come off for health but also do urine and blood samples and perhaps more than that, depending on what we find out, in order to discover is there some underlying other problem going on. So I'm hoping that the take-it-off Teddy 
little personal experiment I'm doing will inspire other people to understand that even 10 pounds of weight that's too much on a dog, well, certainly on a little dog, that'd be unthinkable, you know, like on, on Bambi's Corgi Bean, that, that would be a ridiculous amount. But there are little dogs that are even 10 pounds overweight. But certainly on a large dog, to get those 10 pounds off, it's really, really hard by just reducing the food you're already feeding because we don't really do it properly. We don't really measure it carefully. I want you to follow along with me on the Take It Off Teddy experiment. And and at some point, you know, if it looks like it's really turning the corner that, that the, both the doctors think it will, and I'd love you to listen to those shows because we'll be talking about it in detail, how this works, how how you get fat off a dog comfortably. I'm hoping that, that it will inspire other people to do the same. Those 10 pounds are like one of us having 40 extra pounds. That's the extra strain it puts on your joints and your heart. And it's, there's just no way that it's acceptable. There's so many reasons why we want to keep our dogs lean. And if they wind up outside the lean category, we've got to help them back in. So that's what I'm going to be doing on those shows, talking about it and learning from both of them how, how, how to make it work. And I hope you'll follow along with me. Thanks for another lovely Saturday spent together. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. And we'll talk again next week. Bye for now. Kiss your kitties and hug your pooches. My best friend has a little house. She gave me my own keys and I go anytime I want. And if you ask me mostly, where would I rather be? I tell you, sitting on the windowsill when she's close to me.